Welcome back to the Say Tennis podcast. Today I'm joined by Aditya Prakash, who many of you may know as Soytheist. If you don't already know Soytheist, he is somebody who uses his position as a member of a marginalized society within a so-called third world country to fight for the animals. He takes a straightforward approach to identity politics and animal rights in a way that many are afraid to at the risk of facing baseless accusations. In this episode of the Satanist Podcast, we'll be discussing veganism in India, as well as whether veganism is privileged, colonialist, or racist. As always, don't forget to like this video if you're listening on YouTube to help the algorithm promote my content. And if you're not already, don't forget to subscribe. Could you just explain a little bit about yourself and what made you want to go vegan? Okay, so I was uh, like raised in this certain part of India, which is like, uh, like quite culturally different from the rest of India. Uh, it's like the Northeastern part. If you look at the map, it's the part that kind of sticks out in the Eastern side, right? Okay. Anyway, so this region is like the region that I'm from. Uh, the culture is more like a heavy meat eating culture. Like when people think of India, they would think like, oh, it's a vegetarian country, mm. uh, which is of course different from veganism, but you know, that's the sort of perception around India. Well, not in my part of India. So I was raised in this very heavy, very heavy meat eating culture. And I did not really think uh, at all about animal rights and animal ethics uh, for quite a while. Uh, until I was about age 14, when I decided to sort of go to the market and like, like that day I would like bring home like the, the meat, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and here in India, the, the, the way it works is like, the slaughter does not go go on like behind uh, like closed doors, right? You can see it. You can see the animal going from like the live animal to it being killed to being it being cut up into uh, little pieces and the meat being like, into little plastic bags, right? You can see all of that. Oh wow! Okay. So like I, I told the butcher that you know I I'd like some meat. Like this is the amount I want. Uh, this is the amount I've been told by my family that I need to bring home. So could you just do that? And like, as he was proceeding to, uh, as he was proceeding to like uh, kill the, uh, kill the goat, right? Uh, uh, I saw like the goat was really scared. Mm. Um, and he was like, the goat was uh, kind of trying to get away like, and struggling, right? And then I saw that and it like, it, it did not shock me. Like I expected that. I kind of tolerated that, right? Like this is this is already what I expected, but the the thing that hit me, right? The thing that kind of like uh, the thing that I did not expect was that there was this other goat, that other baby goat, in fact, that was uh, trying to hide. Like this is not the goat that was uh, like being killed. The other goat was trying to hide behind this small kind of rock, oh. uh, and I saw that and. That I, uh, that kind of hit me, right? That kind of hit me, and I realized that this is exactly what I would be doing if I were in the place of that goat, right? I would try to hide, um, especially because it's like maybe less than a year old, right? It's a, it's a tiny yeah. goat, so I I, just, I told the butcher like, hold on, I, I I forgot something, I forgot the money, uh, I'll be right back, and then I kind of like, like don't kill him yet, and, and the goat probably ended up being killed anyway, but. Uh, I, I left from there, right? And, and I decided that, you know, like I could not be contributing to this anymore. Uh, so people talk about a journey and baby steps to veganism. Some yeah. people talk about uh, overnight, right? They think about 
uh, they think about like think about it overnight they think about it for a day and then they go vegan for me uh, it was more of a on the spot thing right wow okay and, and like and it's like it's not a compliment to me i suppose because it's just the way i was raised that like uh, the my my reaction to it is not something that i was controlling right uh, the my reaction to it was of course because of my my sort of uh, the way i was raised the way my you know brain is wired yeah and so like different people would have different reactions so that's just how it was for me it's not a compliment to me it's just i was just fortunate enough to have been able to realize it that quickly uh, so yeah that's how i went vegetarian uh, so that's how i went vegetarian uh, because not uh, not because i thought that oh you know dairy is kind of acceptable uh, even though it's cruel i just did not know what No, most people was, don't, right? right? When you when I saw that, right, I immediately realized that this is happening to the goat. This is, and this is exactly what happens to chickens and ducks. And like, so I could not be like, uh, like it all instantly connected. But dairy just seems like something different. Mm. And for like two years after that, I I just never realized. And so I I kept uh, like I I kept consuming dairy, but two years later, I I don't exactly remember what it was, but I came across information about dairy. and then i looked into it like what dairy is uh, most people don't realize what dairy is dairy any mammal produces milk not because like they want to give it to another yeah different species of mammals they produce it for their own babies and i realized that how this uh, this would be produced for human beings by exploit uh, exploiting cows mainly uh, and uh, maybe um, buffaloes right so i uh, i learned about that and, and again that was uh, an immediate on the spot thing for me uh because it's just applying the same kind of reasoning and applying it to the case of dairy sure so there is that and uh, i guess at that point in sort of mm-hmm. indian terms that would make you full veg then is that right so the uh, the term that that often gets used is pure veg ah. and and i kind of despise that term uh because like it makes veganism about something about purity and and the reason Uh, this this pure terminology comes in it, it relates um to this despicable thing uh, which is uh, called the caste system right so indian society mm-hmm. would be like divided into various so called castes right so and the thing to realize about uh, these castes is that there is no biological difference between people belonging to different so called castes it is just arbitrarily decided Is it skin color? Is that right? No, no. No. Oh, it's okay. Just, it's just just arbitrary. Um and different castes are supposed to be involved in different kinds of activities, right? Uh so anyway, so the upper caste people, right? Uh they they have this they have various things that they want to maintain. One of the things that they want to maintain is called is something called caste purity. Okay. and one of the ways that they would do this is for example they would consider the consider the flesh of non-human animals to be like impure right and uh so and like they don't eat the flesh of uh, non-human animals some non-human animals not all they would still be eating i suppose um chickens and goats and that kind of stuff okay um uh, but but they would not eat cows right so so there is this notion of purity and, and the people belonging to the so called lower caste they like pretty much every other person in the world they would consume the flesh of non human animals 
and there is again it goes there is more like detail and nuance about why uh, these lower castes uh, have a culture of consuming the flesh of non-human animals and it relates to how they're marginalized so they have to rely on any source of food that they can get right that's that's the sort of historical uh, historical explanation uh, but anyway that's that's not a reason to continue it today of course but that's how it how it has been historically for uh, many centuries okay so the upper caste people they kind of try to maintain this caste purity amongst other things and that's that's where you get this term pure veg and uh, pure veg however in, involves dairy so yeah it's it's very different from veganism veganism is of course like quite opposite to all of this about maintaining this hierarchy of caste because veganism is of course giving equal moral consideration to everybody right yeah uh, the, the, every sentient individual uh, so that that obviously implies necessarily that uh, you would give equal moral consideration to every human being right that necessarily implies that so veganism is of course the opposite of the caste system so by calling yourself pure veg you're kind of saying you accept this caste system not necessarily but like I, I suppose not everyone who calls themselves pure veg knows the history of why the term exists in that manner okay like yeah that's why i suppose uh, because there's nowhere else in the world at least where i'm aware of that people call themselves pure vegetarian and vegetarian right. so yeah so how is it these days are people still accepting of this system this is like an oversimplification but the way i would like try to explain that quickly is that it is sort of like race relations in the United States and that it has like this, this discrimination and all of it has been legally abolished, right? Legally yeah. abolished. But uh, like the, this notion of like, like just as how in the United States, there are some people on the fringe who have this notion of like white supremacy, right? that white people are superior to every other race. There would be some people in India who have this notion that the caste system was like a real thing and a useful thing and they have this, that notion in their heads. And because such people exist, uh, both in the United States and in India, uh, there, is, uh, there is real discrimination that occurs because that notion exists in people's heads. But uh, it, it is important to note that it, it has been legally abolished. Okay, um, let's just go back to veganism then. So you've given up the dairy, you've given up the meat. Where are we on eggs? Well. <laughs> Uh, like I never, like when I went vegetarian, uh, I was here in India, vegetarian just simply means um, no eggs. So I, I stopped eating eggs like in 2014, right? Um, so yeah, it, it, like to me that like, I was able to make that connection immediately because I just realized that eggs are well, uh, like a possible life, like possible sentient life. So Okay. Because I've thought about it more now and there's, of course, better reasons to not eat eggs. But at that moment when I was like, okay, I've not told anyone how old I am. Um, so I, I went vegetarian in 2014, right? So, and I was 14 years old then. So okay. at that time, like to the mind of a 14 year old, like th that was just the immediate, uh, like the rationalization that eggs are also like, like not acceptable. Okay, that's pretty illogical, to be fair, especially for a 14-year-old. Yeah. So I know India is a big place, um, so it's difficult to ask questions that just generalize. So if you feel that these questions can't be generalized to India, we can stick to your province. That's fine. Mm -hmm. So how common is veganism in India? 
Right. So when I went vegan in 2016, right, two years after I went vegetarian, uh, I told people I'm vegan, and like people ask, like, are you like mispronouncing vegetarian? <laughs> uh, so, um, so that was the scenario back then. Uh, right now, like people understand what veganism means. At least, like more people understand what veganism means. Okay. And like recently, uh, like when uh, when you asked me for like 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 invited me to do this collaboration, like I, I just thought to myself, let me just also look for vegan um, Indian YouTubers. Like like maybe I could do collabs with them as well. And well, I, I could find just one. That was like uh, like that one person is like like thirty four thousand subscribers on YouTube. Oh wow! Like no one else, no one else on YouTube. So I I think like I like obviously like the internet is not a hard and fast rule to like uh, like to say like where the state of veganism in India, but it kind of gives you an idea, right? Because like if you look for American vegan YouTubers, you you'll find many. Yeah. Uh, but like in India, well, there's just not that many. So I, I suppose the vegan movement, it's kind of like in the early stages, like much earlier stages in India than it is like in somewhere like the United States. And like, for example, plant-based alternatives to like, like animal-based foods. And I say alternatives because like normal plant-based foods like vegetables and rice and dals, those are very easily accessible. Yeah. But things like plant-based milk, right? And let's say vegan chocolate and plant-based meat, these things are like not available so that again signifies how how much veganism is of a thing like i could tell you the exact amount of plant-based milk that i have ever drank and that is three liters and the reason i can tell you that is because i once i bought three liters of soy milk online uh, to kind of just try it out and then that was it because i can't find it near me so yeah that's like that kind of gives you an idea of where veganism is veganism and animal rights of course Okay. And what do people think about veganism? Do they think of it like a diet? Do they think people are sort of crazy or annoying? Are they good people? I suppose it depends on like who they come across, right? Um, like the people who know me, right? My classmates, my friends, like I, I make it absolutely certain that they know that this is about animal rights, right? Yeah. Like, like they, they follow me on social media and they see my, maybe they don't watch my YouTube videos, but at least they see the titles and and the thumbnails, right? And they understand that it's about animal rights. I suppose if someone was like, were to come across a sort of food blogger, a vegan food blogger, they, they would uh, think of it as a diet, but that's just a general rule. But the reason I'm talking about that is because like it's, again, veganism in such early stages, like, like it really depends, like people, like it really depends on who you know, right? So it's not like in the western country like uh, where you would be exposed to veganism from news outlets and from okay. um, like move uh, like popular media and that kind of stuff so yeah it depends on who you know so the main way people know about veganism is through people they know yeah mostly because ah, okay. it's not in the news very much right okay so i've heard that in india the relationship with animals is very different to somewhere like the uk or the us I think that goes back to religion and that kind of thing. Would you agree with that? I suppose the relationship would be different based on like where you are. Uh, but like, if the question is like, uh, like is it better? Uh, like I would, I wouldn't say so. No. Mm. Like, like the the perception that I've seen in like most Western circles, and, and like people even talk about like, the roots of veganism, um, 
and they talk about how india like india and like african cultures i don't know about african cultures but india like the indian at least uh, the the general culture in india is not one of like animal rights and like it's just the same as everywhere else to me like uh, in terms of being close to where with uh, where i would ultimately want it to end up i think a lot of um these sort of i don't know whether to call them misconceptions but a lot of these ideas about india and a lot of countries is that it's romanticized in the west mm-hmm. somewhere you'll never go but it's this magical kind of place so we get these ideas that maybe are not 100% based in fact you know um mm-hmm. but one of the main ones there is a certain relationship with cows in india uh, to do with hinduism i think right mm, the the problem uh, there would be that most people they just claim care about cows right okay uh right india is amongst the largest it's the second like it keeps fluctuating year by year but it's always in the top 5 exporters of beef in the world yeah. and india has one of the largest uh, leather industries in the world m- mostly from cows and buffaloes uh, so there is that and like hinduism really like people say like hindus they would say that they care about cows but at the end of the day it's just like everyone else it's not something specifically like wrong like it, it's not, i'm not saying as if like they are doing something uh, specifically worse than like let's say like the average american but yeah. ultimately it's not better right uh, and they 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 don't see a problem with like the exploitation of cow for cows for milk right that is perfectly fine to them they would say that cows are like their mothers uh, but this is just not how, like that's not true first of all right, right. uh like because like your mother is necessarily someone of your own species uh it feels just ridiculous just having to explain that but yeah like they they kind of view cows as like i don't know if they view cows in that manner but the implication of their actions is like they they produce cows to milk producing machines yeah uh like uh, they don't view them as like sentient individuals and that's that's mostly like people who would be leaning right uh, like on the political spectrum sociologically like it's polarized india is polarized uh, so people on the left would not like usually would not agree with anything that people on the right says right say like okay. uh, someone on the right could say like 2 plus 2 equals 4 like hold on a minute the reaction would be <laughs> hold on a minute uh and it goes the other way like similar like uh, if someone on the left says that the reaction from the right would be against very right. similar um it's 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 the same as like a lot of places in the world right now but when people on the right wing say that they like care for cows even though they don't the reaction from the left is oh they care about cows therefore we will kill cows within this like political differences between the left wing and the right wing that the the individuals that suffer are ultimately non-human animals yeah. right and people will use any kind of excuse to justify this exploitation but i th- i think the same as the rest of the world mm-hmm. we do tend to think of cows as just milk animals mm-hmm. you know i don't anymore obviously neither do you but <laughs> mm-hmm. but we don't really think oh yeah a lot of cows are killed for beef too even the dairy cows once they they spent yeah. you know yeah but people don't really know about this so in india do people understand that cows are going to be killed for beef yeah like if you point it out to them but yeah like mostly uh, people who would say like i won't eat beef yeah mostly i think they don't realize like what's going to happen to the cow like like they 
you'll have to point it out to them. Yeah, mostly they don't realize it. Yeah. I think it's one of those you point it out and it's suddenly obvious. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've had these kind of conversations with people then. What's the reaction like? Uh, like they're they're surprised, I suppose. That would be the word. Like, like, and they say that killing cows is wrong. Like mostly, most people would say killing cows is wrong for religious reason, reasons, yeah. which are, of course, not the right reasons. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, they're surprised. Like, they, they, like, it instantly hits them. Like, I ask them, like, what do you think happens to the cows once they stop producing milk after five years? Like, because they're not going to be producing milk until like, the end of their life, which is like 20, 25 years. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they kind of realize, like, it's not something like you could... You could argue against like it's it's almost obvious because like it's a it's a very bad business decision to kind of like if you're running your business on the exploitation of someone else yeah if you you won't be looking after them once they're no, no longer useful to you. So do you have a lot of success then with people giving up dairy? Uh, for some reason, no. Mm. Like um, they they kind of like uh, they say that they'll think about it and then they kind of continue anyway. Sort of. I'll think about it, but actually I'll just try not to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Are there sort of uh, safe movements and cubes of truth and that kind of thing going on? They, they do have one in India, like there is Animal Save India, there is PETA India. So there, there are these organizations. I'm not sure there are cube of truth uh, events, but yeah. yeah. Cube of truth is more of an anonymous for the voiceless thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't I'm not sure. I don't think if they had, they have a branch here because I think they're a much smaller organization relatively. I'm not sure. You brought up Peter India and as far as I can see, they keep finding themselves at the center of controversy uh, Mm -hmm. inside India as if they're attacking farmers or I can't can't remember the big company now. Amul, is that right? Amul, yeah, Amul. Do you know much about this story? Yeah, so Peter urged Amul to uh, switch to producing plant-based milk. And Amul is, of course, like a huge dairy company in India. Amul is pretty much the dairy industry in India. Okay. So like it, like it has a monopoly. So the, the Peter urged Amul to switch to plant-based milk. <laughs> and Amul did not take that very well. And they... they they tried to label PETA as a foreign conspiracy. Right. And then they talked about the, the jobs of all those farmers. The, the farmers, like, uh, they are involved in dairy farming. Well, because, like, they have money. Like, that's the way they can make money. But, of course, of course, if there were other industries, they would make money from those industries. So, yeah, so Amul did that. It kind of used the suffering of farmers, which is, of course, um, incomparable to the suffering of um, like the non-human animals. But anyway, it's like the, the farmers, they use, Amul use their plights, uh, I suppose, uh, as like a, as an excuse to continue um, investing in dairy. Right. So that's, that, that was the whole thing. And, and they said that they will kind of try to reach out. In fact, they did reach out to the prime minister. I'm, I'm pretty sure the prime minister did not respond. Oh, good. But yeah, that, 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 that was the whole thing. <laughs> That was the whole thing, yeah. From what you've seen, what was the public's opinion on this? So the thing is that the mostly right-wing people in India, um, they were like on the side of Amul, mm. right? The left-wing people just simply did not care. And then when it's like when it's time for Eid, right, the Muslim festival, um, then then Amul, uh, not Amul, sorry, Pita goes after like um, like encourages people 
like like to not consume like to not uh, participate in animal sacrifice and that kind of stuff and at that point like the left wing just comes in saying oh you can't do that uh, okay the, right right like defending the right uh, to kill okay uh, def- <laughs> yeah defending the right to kill and oppress and torture i suppose just as the right wing people defended the right to torture and yeah. exploit in, in the case of the in case of dairy here it's uh, the left wing people doing the exact same thing in the case of meat and in this scenario the right wing people just don't care it does sound like what you said they're more interested in fighting each other than fighting for mm-hmm. whatever's right mm-hmm. in your activism mm-hmm. what have you noticed as the main obstacle standing in people's way i don't think there is like in a particular obstacle the obstacle would be just well excuses um yeah because i make this point a lot people seem to think uh like the the one they that people would say is an obstacle is like veganism is privilege you you need money that's just not true uh, veganism costs more money if you think of things like the cost of almond milk right if you think that a starbucks latte is like a basic need even though it's not yeah once you kind of uh, like step away from that privileged bubble right you you realize that the cheapest foods in the market are like all plant based right rice and dals and uh, i'll give you some like the ones that are commonly available in india rice and dal and um, what we would call rajma it's kidney beans um okay right and chickpeas right what we would call chola um so the, and the whole array of vegetables i suppose so these things are like incredibly cheap so like you don't have to be drinking starbucks latte every, uh, like or almond milk or oat milk starbucks latte every day or at all mm. uh, to be vegan you, you can just eat these things so yeah yeah it's not an obstacle this is the only one that people would say is an obstacle but yeah it's not an obstacle so the only obstacles i suppose would be the excuses one more would be i suppose saying that you know they they kind of try, trying to oppose the caste system by eating meat which is of course like nonsense because like if you're trying to oppose the caste system by like oppressing non-human animals then you're kind of like you've kind of created your own caste system right where you place right. where you place non-human animals at the bottom and you like place yourself above them so you're not like kind of opposing the hierarchy the moral hierarchy of the caste system right which places different human beings on different levels of moral worth you're not opposing that system you're just trying to look for your place in that hierarchy yeah so that's i suppose one more obstacle i suppose that people would say is an obstacle but it's not do you think people are honest when they use these excuses they believe it some people i i think do believe it um and in those cases i i suppose it's far more easier to convince them otherwise but if someone is kind of using it as an excuse then it's of course like far more difficult to make them realize like not realize supposed to accept the error in their reasoning okay um for these two excuses what's your way to deal with them i i suppose just to point out like what what i just pointed out and of course this it just goes like uh in the way that i would deal with every other every other excuse against veganism or just in any other topic really um i would talk to people in the way that they talk so the the way i would talk to someone who is like super religious would not be the same way that i would talk to someone 
who is you know all about justice and uh, abolishing right. abolishing uh, oppressive systems and that kind of stuff and, and that would be again completely different from how i would talk to someone who who is all about love and kindness uh, so yeah i just talk to them in the way that they talk so if someone says talks about privilege i would say like well the reason you think it's a privilege is because of these reasons but once you kind of look out of that what do you think rice costs what do you think potatoes cost what do you think that costs and uh, the the way i would deal with someone who says that it's the caste system uh, like they're opposing the caste system is again i would just point out like are you not placing non-human animals at lower level of moral worth in the same way that the upper caste people put uh, the, the so-called upper caste people put the so-called lower caste people on a lower level are you not doing the exact same thing so uh, yeah that's how i would talk to them uh, i'm influenced by a lot of people this approach i think uh, i've learned from earthling ed like watching his videos like he he just asks questions right so yeah yeah for me anyway i find the most success with asking questions mm-hmm. because you're not telling them what to think they they have to work it out for themselves mm-hmm. you know yeah okay what is ghee and why is it in everything Yeah, I'm not quite sure why it's in everything. Um, ghee is like butter, but it's just greater percentage of fats. It's like 99% fats, I think. I'm not quite sure why it's in everything. Um, because people view cows as like their mothers, they they kind of fat, get their blood. I'm not I'm not quite sure why it's in everything, but it has to do something okay. with that viewing of cows as mothers. I suppose you'll have to ask them why they uh, why they put put ghee in everything. Because even when I was like like eating everything until i was like 13 or like 12 even then i like could like why is it here um so yeah. <laughs> is it easy enough to avoid that if you're going to posh places like they will not put ghee like they won't even have ghee like and like if you're if you're in like like a normal place i suppose even then it's not common like it, they, you would find ghee in products that are like uh, in places that are like quite um not cheap but like 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 this like what i would call like like the the restaurants that you would find on highways like where people stop between journeys and okay. that kind of stuff uh, there they would like like if you tell them that you don't want ki of course they'll 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 keep that in mind but you'll have to be very specific you'll have to explain to them no milk no butter no ki <laughs> like because you can't just say no dairy oh really dairy to them just means milk right so you'll have to be very specific you'll have to point out no key no butter no curd but it's not too difficult right yeah like if you can communicate it it's not difficult is there anything else that you need to look out for if you're vegan and maybe visiting india you just have to communicate that don't consume these things and like if you if you want to look for vegan places i suppose like they would be they would be like a little bit more like because they're mostly aimed at i don't know for some reason they're in the tourists right Okay. and for that reason because veganism is not that prevalent in india specifically vegan restaurants as well um they would be uh, a bit more expensive but it's i'm pretty sure they're like much cheaper much cheaper than the costs that you would be accustomed to in in the uk or the united states it's very easy to be vegan in india if you can communicate like that you don't consume dairy it's all good you just say you're vegetarian and you don't also consume these other things and and it's fine okay so just remember that list there ghee curds butter. milk right butter mm-hmm. okay easy okay. <laughs> okay changing the topic a little bit now 
in my experience, because I'm a straight white guy from the UK, I'm told that veganism is privileged colonialism. And sometimes I'm even told it's racist. Okay. Um, so I wonder what are your thoughts on that? Um, interestingly, I've made um, videos on these subjects. Um, so th there was this video by the BBC, which said like veganism is a privilege that is not accessible to all. And like, I, I went through, her, through their claims one at a time. But yeah, it just comes back to that. Just, you know, you, the, the which vegan products you're looking at. If you're looking at like really posh things like Beyond Burgers and vegan milk yeah. and that kind of stuff, it's going to, like, it's going to seem expensive. But again, <clears throat> one has to realize that those things are not a necessary part of veganism. So that's, I suppose, about privilege. I even find, you know, long-term vegans... Um, if you have got access to all these vegan meats, they don't tend to eat them. Mm. And maybe they'll have them on occasion. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just eat vegetables, you know. Yeah. And like um, about colonialism. So I, this is again something I've talked about, which is which was quite interesting because like there's this person on TikTok. Uh, they, they made like this two part, two part um, TikTok. I know video. this one. Yeah. <laughs> And, and they, they, they were talking about, like, this was quite uncommon for me because like mostly people are like, oh, racism bad. And, and, and they kind of talk about like, as if the United States is all like all that exists, right? Um, mostly Americans, Americans specifically do this for some reason. Um, mm. So this guy was American, but he was also talking about uh, the global South, which is of course a projection of American politics onto the rest of the world, right? Um, so he was talking about that and he, were, and he mentioned that veganism is, leans pretty hard into the colonialist mindset. His exact words were, expecting everyone to be vegan leans pretty hard into the colonialist mindset. Because I don't want to, of course, misrepresent what he was saying. But anyway, I, I took that as someone from the global south, what he calls the global south, and I, I kind of I debunked what he was saying. But the summary of that would be that like for example, when uh, British colonialists came to India and, and kind of colonized India, the way that worked is uh, they kind of viewed Indians arbitrarily as being of lower moral worth than right. uh, like British people, right? Uh, like Winston Churchill, the British hero, um, he, he said he said of Indians that he, that he disliked Indians. He, I'm not sure the exact sentence, but he said that Indians are a beastly people with a beastly relation. Um, really? Yeah, okay. you can look it up. Um, so he said that. So all He is controversial in the UK. Yeah. I don't know if that makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's good. But anyway, he said all of that. So that, that kind of represents the kind of mindset of British colonialists. And the thing to realize here is that that is exactly how non-vegans view non-human animals, right? Like people, meat eaters mm -hmm. and... Uh, even vegetarians and flexitarians and all, all that kind of stuff. Basically, anyone who is not vegan, they, they view other animals in the way that British colonialists viewed India and Indians, right? So if anything is colonialist, if, if anything kind of leans into the colonialist mindset, it has to be how carnists, right? Meat eaters and uh, like people who consume dairy, how they view other animals, that leans into the colonialist mindset, not veganism. I noticed that some activists avoid talking to people from other cultures and religions mm. just because they're afraid of offending or maybe they're afraid of being called a racist or a xenophobe or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
do you think it's sensible for these people to avoid these interactions or is it actually harming the vegan movement? Ideally, I would not want them to like avoid these conversations. Uh, but I certainly understand from this looking um, at the cultural landscape, sort of like the global cultural landscape, why some people are afraid to like bring these conversations up. Because again, they will be accused of the things that uh, you said they will be accused of, right? And that is where sort of where I come in, uh, which is like, um, not only do I, am I someone who belongs to the, to use the word of that TikTok boy, live in the uh, global South, or right. as someone, some others would say, the, a third world country, right? A so-called third world country uh, to use um, cold world language. Um, but anyway, um, so not only do I belong to such a country, I belong to a sort of marginalized section of, of such a country, right? And not, again, uh, and not only is like, the, and that would be like referring to Northeast India, which is like marginalized within India. And not only am I Northeast Indian, I belong to a tribe which is marginalized within Northeastern India. <laughs> uh, so I have these, what I would call um, uh, like wokeness points, right? Um, so, I, so like when, when people like, whoever I'm talking to, right? The chances are that they are somehow in some manner more privileged than I am, at least like in terms of group identity, right? Um, okay. I, I, I would consider myself very fortunate in, in like in this life, right? Despite, uh, despite what I just described, but at least how people, uh, privilege is viewed in the current context, in the current world scenario, uh, most people are more privileged in terms of group identity than me. So I don't have to worry about these things. So, and I think that animal rights is something that deserves uh, a very straightforward approach. And uh, even though I would want every activist to talk in that manner, I understand why they don't. Uh, I, of course, don't have to be worrying about these baseless accusations that take attention away from the non-human animals. And that's why I'm able to do what I do, which is like talk very candidly and very in a very straightforward manner that is that is fitting of the severity of this moral atrocity. Do you think there is any genuine reason not to go vegan? So we have to be mindful of the definition of veganism and the definition of veganism, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, is that is a lifestyle and a philosophy which seeks to exclude as far as is possible and practicable all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to non-human animals for, amongst other things, food, right? And the other things are like um, clothing and entertainment and that kind of stuff. So right. that, that part in the middle, as far as is possible and practicable, right? We have to be mindful of that because none of us can be uh, like truly uh, abstain from all animal products, right? Uh, certain currency, I'm not sure if that is the case now, but at least it was a while ago. Certain currency in your country, right, in the UK, it, 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 like there was a big fast, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but in that case, right, uh, like a person from the UK can't like, like, oh, you know, I'll not take that currency. They can't do that, right? But what they can do yeah. is like they can, like, order maybe uh, like a vegan pizza instead of uh, like one filled with the corpses of uh, non-human animals. So even though so, uh, that person cannot abstain from all animal products, as no one can they can abstain from it as far as is possible and practicable. And like that, with that definition of veganism in mind, you should always um, 
even if you're like forced to like use certain animal products because of some reason, I don't know what those reasons could be, but even, even if it were the case hypothetically, you would still be vegan. So like keeping that in mind, there is absolutely no valid reason to not be vegan because veganism is in, involves that in the definition as far as it's possible and practicable. And what are the excuses that you're tired of hearing? I suppose there are many. The, the ones that I, that I deal with and I, think are, uh, and I think are the most annoying would be these sort of leftist, the so-called leftist arguments, which we think, which we think like veganism is classist, which we've discussed at length during this uh, podcast episode. It's not. Um, uh, okay, there, there's, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, so why even bother? Right. Uh, I, I've made a whole video about that. Um, I've made like four, I, I provide four separate responses to that excuse, but I, I'll just, I'll just state just one, uh, which would be that just because an oppressive system is in place doesn't mean that you can justify any behavior within that system. There's this quote that went around last summer, which was that in a racist society, it's not enough to be, not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. I'm not sure if I agree with that kind of like <laughs> that kind of messaging, but at least like, that was very popular and people understood that, right? Just just because the system is in place, you you can't like justify everything. So I would change that a bit. I would say just because like in a racist society, I would say that it is enough to not be racist. And in a species society, it is like in a very similar vein, you have to also be not be speciesist. So yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, the other one that I would hear a lot is like um, respect cultures of minorities. Um, right. And that is, I think, ridiculous. Like, like no matter how uh, how marginalized someone might be, right? Then they are not. They are not kind of justified to con- uh, like uh, cause harm onto others. I'll give you an example. India is one of like uh, the worst victims of British colonialism. Uh, the British Empire ca- killed uh, between 30 and 35 million Indians uh, during mm-hmm. the 200-year um, rule, and that involved everyone, right, all parts of India. But if you had someone from mainland India using that as an excuse, mainland India is, of course, like I'm referring to all of India, which is like not the Northeast. So if someone from mainland okay. India, right, if mainland Indian used that as an excuse uh, to harm someone like me, and said, you know, I'm oppressed myself. How? And then they said, like, to you maybe, then how dare you, a white person, tell me what to do? That makes absolutely no sense, right? Just because, uh, like, they are the descendants of people who have been oppressed, it doesn't justify them harming me. And in very similar fashion, it doesn't justify harming non-human animals. So there, there are these excuses, uh, mostly kind of leftist excuses, so-called leftist excuses that I'm just very tired of hearing. I think they're frustrating because left it's uh, supposedly against oppression yeah. or forms of oppression. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that, that the hypocrisy is what gets me. Do you see India becoming more vegan in our lifetimes? But I've already seen it happening. Like, uh, like, uh, like it has become more vegan at least in the time that I've been vegan, right? which is like five years. So I'm hoping that this trend continues. It's, it's, it doesn't seem to be like it's going in the opposite direction in any manner. And the benefit, or at least not the benefit, I suppose the uh, the 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 viewpoint that I get is that 
I'm able to see what happened in Western countries, like how that progressed. And like, I'm seeing that kind of same trend happening in India where people kind of first they kind of use these silly excuses like, um, well, like it's nature, right? Well, it's, right. it's uh, other animals eat other animals. Right? That, that's, that's all that you could hear in anywhere in the world if you are talking in the 1990s, maybe even in the thousands. But in the 2010s, right, people started talking, oh, like it's against indigenous culture and it's against, um, it's colonialism and that kind of stuff. People started talking about that in the early 2010s, I suppose, in Western countries. Um, now I'm seeing kind of like that same shift happening in India. So, and, and like more people, are, like that happened in the early 2010s in Western countries. Now more people are vegan in Western countries. I'm seeing that kind of shift in excuses happening right now. Uh, so I'm hoping that it's going to, uh, like the same thing is going to happen in India because, well, it does seem like that's going to happen. And this kind of applies more generally. And I kind of dislike this in a lot of other uh, other sort of- Contexts. Yeah, context, right. Um, because it just doesn't apply here. Uh, of course, animal exploitation is just a global phenomenon. So that applies. and. That, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. But in, in some scenarios, it's, it just doesn't apply. Um, so like people would like bring in something like, uh, like there's in the United States, there's something that's in, in the media a lot these days is critical race theory. There's that. And people in India, like the leftists in India, are kind of trying to bring that in and kind of trying to directly apply it um, in the context of the caste system or in the context of like um, the marginalization of Northeast Indians, eh, it just doesn't work because like, although the suffering is very real, right? Although the marginalization is very real, in fact, like it's more severe, I would say. If you want to solve the problem, you can't just import something that I'm not even sure works in a Western context. I'm not even sure critical race theory works in terms of race relations. And you're trying to bring that in already in a completely different context, it's not going to work. So, yeah. uh, but I do see that and I realize that a lot of what happens in Western countries is kind of imported into India, politically and uh, ideologically and that kind of stuff. This probably has to do with how like in, uh, social progress uh, in India was of course hampered by colonialism. Um, so yeah. maybe that that's the explanation for this delay but yeah that that's that that happens and that, that happens at a faster rate now because of the internet and social media so i'm hoping that that's the same thing is going to happen um with relating to veganism and animal rights i would hope that the uh, vegan movement and the animal rights movement it kind of like uh makes clear where it comes from right because like in the past for example civil rights movements and um, racial justice movements, they, they have been sort of hijacked, I've uh, noticed by uh, religious people. And like the abolishment of slavery, for example, um, like in any part of the world, right? Be it in India, where like, oh, by the way, like most people don't know this. So um, like British, the British empire enslaved Indians, right? So there's that, uh, and the abolishment of slavery here uh, of Indians, or the abolishment of slavery uh, in the United States of primarily black people. Um, most of that was, uh, that, that arrived from secular means, right? And, and like, 
and, but today people claim that it was uh, done on the basis of on the basis of like uh, religion on the basis of christianity like and and while there were religious people who opposed slavery and they were on the kind of losing end of a theological debate right because the bible at least in a straightforward reading it condones slavery in, in sort of many parts right you can right. you can you can interpret it in different manners and you can arrive at different conclusions and that's fine but at that time they were at, the, at sort of at the losing end of the theological debate but now today people say that oh, slavery was we were able to abolish slavery because of the bible because like there's one verse that says treat everyone as like uh, created in the image of god and that kind of stuff but there are specific verses about slavery which condone it uh, or at least don't completely condemn it right there there are yeah. restrictions <laughs> but the only acceptable restriction on slavery is a complete condemnation of it to say that it's completely unacceptable um so yeah that that went on and like today like uh, religions claim that they provide the grounds for human rights uh, and i fear that uh, in the future the same thing is going to happen of animal rights when the animal rights movement is is mostly uh from secular people right uh, for example one of the most influential books on animal rights would be um peter singer's animal liberation and of course he did not appeal to any religion in writing that and i'm i'm not quite sure but i'm pretty sure, like uh i don't think he's religious so there's that uh but anyway even if he were religious he did not kind of appeal to that in his book and yeah. like most vegan activists and people with the largest vegan like largest audiences they they, they don't appeal to religion right um so i hope that we can kind of ground this the animal rights movement is indeed something that comes from a secular means right and a realization of of people and not uh, some kind of divine uh, divine instruction because it's not let's go on to plugging your channel then so tell us about your channel where we can find it and about anything you've got coming up my youtube channel is soy theist right and and that is and that will be sort of tagged in the title of this video i suppose uh, yeah 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 right so that you can easily click there uh, to find it and the same spelling right of soy theist you can just copy that and like paste it onto any social media and if i'm there you'll find me there so my like youtube channel name is the same as my instagram handle and my twitter handle and although i don't use clubhouse uh, the my username is the same there and like i also have a website which is soytheist.com and what you would find so sort of different on my youtube channel is that i i approach these matters with a very straightforward approach and on youtube i, I would like uh, those would be my more collected thoughts i would think about it in great detail and maybe think about it for like an hour to hours and I collect my thoughts organize them and like post them there and create a video uh, talking to mm-hmm. a camera on instagram uh, those would be my more candid thoughts about uh, about issues that i don't post on youtube because i think like they are too short to be uh, to be posted on youtube so on instagram it's my more candid thoughts on youtube it's more collected thoughts but of course i'm focusing primarily on youtube these days like i've posted maybe five videos full length videos during june and on instagram i'm i'm pretty sure i did not post even that many pictures during june so okay 
so there's that. Uh, yeah, I'm focusing more on YouTube right now. If you would like to check out Aditya's content, that name again is Soytheist, S-O-Y-T-H-E-I-S-T. And that's on YouTube primarily, as well as Instagram and Twitter. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode, and I'll see you next time.